Well, hello again. It's me, uh, the Midnight Skeptic, coming to you uh, the last week in May. Uh, today is uh, the 26th. It's a Thursday, and it's about 1.20 in the afternoon. And uh, so let's get right to it with my intro music. listening to KPCA LP Petaluma California at 103.3 FM and worldwide at www.kpca.fm and this is the Midnight Skeptic the views of the Midnight Skeptic are not repeat not necessarily the views of KPCA or any of its affiliates. Okay, in this intro, uh, it says, and this is a pre-recorded thing that I've been doing for the last year and a half, uh, it says uh, my views are not the necessarily the views of KPCA, but uh, KPCA is an affiliate of Petaluma Community Access. Uh, there's a number of affiliates. But my views, and my views, I want to reiterate, are the absolute correct and proper views for everyone to have. I have to say that they're not necessarily the views of Petaluma Community Access. Um if there's anybody out there listening to this that has differing views than mine, please let me know. Uh, send all correspondence to um, the Midnight Skeptic at gmail.com. I'll get it. Um, include hate mail, death threats. Uh, that's the specialty of uh, MAGA heads out there. Uh, I'm, this is going to be an insulting rant. There's been a lot of crap going on this week, uh, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about the uh, very unfortunate death by mass shooting of 19 kids and two teachers down in uh, Uvalde, Texas. Uh, I, it's just, it's too much. It's too much. And uh, I'll I'll talk about other things, but I want I want to get out my shout outs. You know my international uh, people, uh, two in Australia, two in New Zealand, and uh, uh, Jacinda Ardern uh, was a guest on um, the Late Show with uh, Stephen Colbert last night. She's a fine lady. I wish we had more politicians like her in this country. And uh, Okay, uh, over in Europe, uh, two in uh, Ireland and two in the UK, two in Germany. Uh, the last time I checked, which was, I don't know, about four or five months ago, the last time I actually checked, uh, Anchor.fm sends me a list, not by name or anything, just where listeners are. And uh, one in uh, the Czech Republic, um, Hopefully there's more there, and hopefully they're doing what they can for the poor Ukrainian people that 
really, through no fault of their own, are caught up in this madness over there, which helps contribute to uh, my depression that I'm fighting off. Yeah, I'm successful at it. I'm not going to, you know, be too depressed, although there's a lot of stuff to be depressed about. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, I'm going to start on the East Coast this time. Uh, Geraldine Goldfinger out on Long Island, uh, down in the Raleigh-Durham, North Carolina area. Uh, Herr Doktor David Rubin and his wife, Vicki. And uh, down to Florida, Amelia Beamer over in the Edgewater area, and then Nelson and Alice Lydell across the state into uh, Sarasota area. And then uh, in Arkansas, uh, Shannon Reed. And then going down to Arizona, my brother Brandon and his wife, Mina, and their daughter, Andrea, who's a nurse. Um, Andrea, take care of yourself. COVID is coming back. Okay, Andrea and then her husband, Tim, uh, we sent a few messages lately, uh, booyah, Tim, uh, about the Warriors, and, uh, well, they play again tonight uh, against Dallas, and uh, if they win tonight, they're on to the NBA championship. Okay, um, you know, Arizona, Karina Hilliard, the... Uh, snake removal lady and then over to LA Jackie and Wayne Kolar and uh, um, Melanie and Samantha their daughters I I'm not sure which one of them listens occasionally to me but uh, one of them does and then uh, going northward up to Pacifica Stan and Kathy Gusseson who are probably in Texas right now uh, because their older daughter is having a another baby and uh, then further on up to Sebastopol, Rich and Kathy Berger, and then over to Sacramento, Dave and Rosita Takach, and uh, Mickey Huff, who uh, had his show yesterday, Wednesday, uh, here on KPCALP 103.3 FM from 1 to 2. But if you missed him, then you can uh, catch him Friday on KPFA in Berkeley, uh, 94.1 from 1 to 2 on Friday. And then uh, Stockton, uh, Kathy Clark. Um, who else? Um, Kevin and Lori Conrad and Katati Nariman in Petaluma. Uh, Tim Conrad in Petaluma. Um, my uh, uh, Dennis and Megan down in Tiburon. Uh, Tom and Nancy throw here in Petaluma, and then I think I got everybody. If I don't, I'm sorry. I'm just riffing off the top of my head on this list, but I think I got everybody. Anyway, uh, here we go. Guns. Oh, boy. Uh, I've talked about this on many shows uh, of the five years that I've been doing this, the last two years on uh, on uh, YouTube as well as the radio portion of this. But, uh, boy, five years. Where does the time go when you're having fun? But anyway, guns are now the top cause of children's death in the United States. And they have just overtaken motor vehicle accidents. Uh 
and this is as of the year 2020, so, you know, two years since these statistics were compiled, um, it's probably worse. But uh, gun deaths, 5.3 deaths per 100,000 children versus 4.8 deaths of children uh, per 100,000 um, in population as of 2020. Uh, this is a CDT, CDC statistics. Uh, the trend is upward, and um, oh, okay. Um, I got this information, and I'm going to hold up the chart for the uh, YouTube people, and the radio people can't hear this, but uh, there's two... Uh, there's two lines on this graph, and uh, the uh, lower one is a firearms death, and uh, the upper one is motor vehicle deaths. Uh, these lines cross uh, in the year 2020, and uh, oh, okay, I'm. I'm, I'm not going to riff on this, but I'm going to just read a few excerpts from this report from Axios uh, via the CDC. Okay, by the numbers, nearly two-thirds of the 4,368 U.S. children up to age 19 who were killed by guns in 2020 were homicide victims. Motor vehicle crashes... Formerly, the leading cause of death for kids one and older killed nearly 4,000 children. Another 30% of firearm-related child fatalities, unfortunately, were suicides. 3% were accidental and 2% were of undetermined intent. Male youths were significantly more likely to be killed by guns, while vehicle crashes claimed more females. There were also stark racial disparities. The firearm death rate for black children was more than four times that of white children. <laughs> And white children were still more likely to be killed by motor vehicles than guns. D.C. had the highest firearm death rate, followed by Louisiana, Alaska, and Mississippi. Okay, now, um, they ranked, uh, I think this is 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, Nine, ten, okay. Uh, ranked, um, ranked these states by highest death rate from firearms to, you know, they, they don't include all 50 states, but Louisiana is number one, had 12 deaths per 100,000. Alaska is number two. Mississippi, South Carolina, Arkansas, 
Kansas, Indiana, Kentucky, Missouri, with 8.5 deaths per um, 100,000. Of note, uh, among children younger than one, congenital anomalies were birth defects, uh, were the leading cause of death in 2020, resulting in uh, 4,043 fatalities. Hmm. Okay, uh, what do these states have in common? Republicans. Mm. These are Republican-controlled states, both you know, the governor in most cases, I, I'm not sure of all of them, but most of them have Republican governors in Republican state houses. Uh, okay. Uh, the National Rifle Association said in a statement Wednesday, yesterday, uh, that it still intends to hold its annual meeting in Houston this week, despite the mass shooting at an elementary school in Uvalde, Texas, that left uh, 19 children and two adults dead. Okay, they did the same thing. Do you remember Columbine uh, in Colorado? Uh, the first uh, mass shooting of note that made headlines all over the world. Uh, the NRA held its convention just a number of weeks after the Columbine shooting. They are soulless. Okay, all right, enough of that article. Um, okay. So I started to... Uh, talk about, and I'm not going to dwell on this for very long, well, yet another mass school shooting, this time in Uvalde, Texas, 19 kids and two teachers um, at the Robb Elementary School, which uh, was strictly third, fourth, and fifth graders, um, and it's come to light that um, the gunman, uh, broke into a fourth grade classroom and uh, which had two fourth grade t teachers there and uh, I don't know how many kids were in the room. 19 of them were shot and killed uh, before uh, law enforcement broke down the door and uh, got in there and shot the perpetrator. Um, 19 kids and teachers. Uh, Republicans' wave of thoughts and prayers. Um, followed by uh, various moments of silence. The NRA convention in Houston Friday, and that's tomorrow, they're going to meet there. Uh, speakers are going to include Governor Abbott, who was griping that uh, California sold more guns than Texas did. He was encouraging Texans to go out and buy more guns. We can't have California beating us. Uh, 
Um, also, um, the orange sociopathic bloat bag is going to be a featured speaker. Excuse me for a moment. I got a sip. This actually is coffee this time. Uh, and then the the most vomit-inducing senator, Ted Cruz, Mr. Cancun himself. And um, the usual Republican statement, this time I heard it on the news, uh, this comes from Kellyanne Conway, uh, the orange bloat bag's spokesperson during his administration. That she said, it's too soon to discuss political solutions to the gun violence problem in the U.S. Is it too soon for the Sandy Hook parents to discuss it? Uh, how long has to pass before we can discuss solutions to the problem? Uh, I, I think that after... These gun, these mass shooting incidents, um, wherever they occurred, not necessarily schools, the news outlets, the mainstream media should play uh, that YouTube bit about Wayne LaPierre saying the only thing that will stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Every time one of these mass shooting occurs, that should be played on, on television, the news outlets. And um, do you know what some Republicans, soulless cretins that they are, are suggesting? All teachers should be armed oh, it's just okay all right hmm. yeah i'm uh, doing my own moment of silence here uh, i you know this incident among other things is kind of uh having its effect on my psyche. It's not, it's nothing serious because for five years I've been talking about, well, first the orange sociopathic bloat bag and then other Republicans and other gunmen, uh, gun massacres and uh, the liability of the gun manufacturers and blah, blah, blah. I've been talking about this for a long time and then the... Uh, um, COVID-19 outbreaks and the craziness that uh, America's frontline doctors are blathering about. Ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. Um, incidentally, um, monkeypox, uh, although truly not as dangerous as COVID-19, uh, it's showing signs of a, a serious outbreak. Uh, right now, it's in Africa and Europe, but there's been a few cases here in the United States. I'm just 
waiting for the uh, orange sociopathic bloat bag to make his medical pronouncements on uh, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. Oh, God. Okay, all right, all right. New topic. And uh, this one concerns the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, Southern Baptist Convention leaders... Uh, hid and downplayed complaints of sexual abuse from women and children uh, in their congregations. Uh, Guidepost Solutions, which is a um, investigative agency of some sort, I think they're a nonprofit, but uh, their investigators slash journalist slash I don't know okay they they investigate things they were hired by the executive committee of of the uh, Southern Baptist Convention because they couldn't investigate themselves because they know that all they're concerned about is hiding the truth mm. okay anyway I'm, I'm riffing again uh, Guidepost Solutions, commissioned by the Southern Baptist Convention uh, Executive Committee, after a seven-month investigation found rampant, their words, rampant sexual misconduct in the nation's largest Protestant denomination. Uh, who do they think they are? The Catholic Church? Are they trying to out-Catholic the Catholics? Jeez. Okay. Uh, Russell Moore, uh, who is a journalist and is writing in Christianity Today, which is a magazine for evangelicals, um, quote, This is the Southern Baptist apocalypse. We should all be so lucky that, you know, they'll fade from the national scene. Uh, okay. I, I wrote a lot about this, but it's on the back of this notebook page. Uh, for 20 years, leaders of the Southern Baptist Convention, including a former president, now accused of sexual assault, routinely silenced and disparaged sexual abuse survivors. Boy, that sounds like Catholics. Uh, ignored calls, calls, plural, for policies to stop predators and dismissed reforms that they privately said could protect children but might cost the Southern Baptist Convention money if abuse victims later sued. Long-time Southern Baptist Convention leaders kept a private list of abusive pastors and ministers, but claimed they could do nothing because of the um, Southern Baptist Convention decentralized organizational structure. Uh, each church or each congregation is its own government, and uh, they don't answer to a central Southern Baptist Convention 
hierarchy like the Catholic Church does. Uh, the Pope is the ultimate um, authority. And then, uh, oh, then archbishops, I think that's the next one down. And then bishops and then local priests. I think that's how the Catholics work it. Uh, okay, but there's no such organization like that amongst the uh, Southern Baptists. Okay, so their, their concern is lawsuits and the money they might lose. Um, I'm off my notes. Okay, long-time Southern Baptist uh, conference leaders kept a private list of abusive pastors and ministers, but claimed they could do nothing because of the SBC decentralized organization structure. Uh, compiled since 2007, the roster contained the names of 703 offenders, most of them with an SBC connection. A few still at work at uh, Baptist churches, mostly down south, but we we have Baptists out here in California as well. Okay, Southern Baptist Convention's main concern was not women and children who were violated by sexual predators. It was the limitation of their Legal exposure, meaning money. Another sip. Okay. From today's news. Okay, and when I wrote this, it was like two days ago. Um, Southern Baptist Convention leaders said they would release the secret list of pastors and ministers accused of sexual abuse. The Guidepost Solutions seven-month investigation contained, their words, explosive revelations about Southern Baptist Convention. Many in the SBC Executive Committee have retired very convenient, since 2019. D. August Boto, this is a guy, uh, his D period, August, his, I guess, middle name, Boto, B-O-T-O, an influential executive committee member who also retired in 2019 described efforts of sexual abuse survivors as, quote, satanic schemes to completely distract us from evangelism, unquote. Satanic. They, these stupid jerks really believe in the real existence of Satan. Hmm. Okay. Um, okay, oh, here's another quote. Okay, quote. To the survivors of abuse victims within the Southern Baptist Convention, 
We are grieved. Well, good for him. They grieved by the findings of this investigation, said Roland Slade and Willie McLaurin, interim presidents of the Southern Baptist Convention, who, by the way, are going to have their convention uh, in mid, mid to late June, I believe, of this year. Hmm. Okay. i got to take a, a quick break here. Time check. I might as well do that. All right. I've been ranting on for about a half an hour here. Deep breath. Oh. The Republican War on Trans Kids Update. God. The Indiana State Senate overrode Governor Eric Holcomb's veto of a bill prohibiting chant. Uh, prohibiting transgender females from competing in girls' sports K-12. through <sighs> GOP lawmakers claim the law is needed to protect the integrity of female sports, but they could not point to a single instance of a girl being outperformed by a trans girl in Indiana. Of course not. This is a totally made-up, bogus issue that's, that serves as an outlet for Republicans' fear and hatred and cruelty. That's just what they are all about. Another sip. Okay. Which brings us to uh, Testosterone, a book I'm reading now um, is called um, Testosterone, colon, an unofficial biography. Okay, and it's by uh, two female scientists who um, who who checked out hundreds and hundreds of studies concerning testosterone, and um, the it's it's broken down into various topics. I highly recommend this book to anybody out there who is concerned with this issue. I mean, it's not really an issue. I mean, it's not something that can be decided by a Republican vote or anything. Testosterone is in our bodies. Okay. Um, okay. Does high testosterone levels in males promote competitiveness? Does it promote uh, excess anger? Does it promote uh, achievement? Uh, things like that. They, these things have been studied by uh, endocrinologists, and uh, 
there's a subcategory of those uh, scientists called behavioral endocrinologists, and they study um, testosterone levels, and they submit their papers to respected uh, uh, scientific and medical journals, um, the most prestigious of which is the JAMA, J-A-M-A, Journal of the American Medical Association. Now, this book, Testosterone, some parts of it are quite technical and scientific, and uh, I, I really had to go to my own textbooks, um, biology textbooks and molecular biology textbooks to understand some of the things that they were uh, talking about and some of the abbreviations that they use. And uh, But it was well worth my time. I don't know if any of my listeners out there would uh, want to take the time to plow through some of these things, but I recommend it. This is a good book review. Okay. Uh, but the part that I'm going to be ranting about is about athleticism and testosterone. And... <clears throat> Okay, now let me just get going on this rather than just riffing. Okay, received wisdom says that higher testosterone means higher athleticism. Not so fast. First of all, when you try to correlate uh, measurable levels of testosterone and measurable levels of athleticism, these scientists who are studying this will, first of all, have to define, what do you mean by athleticism? And for that matter, how do you measure the testosterone? There's three ways to do it. There's, in your uh, spit, you know, uh, whatever person you're measuring the testosterone level, you can spit into a little uh, test tube and then perform some chemical analyses of it to determine testosterone levels. Okay, method number two is urinalysis. You know, you pee into a little cup, submit that to uh, some um, biochemical tests to determine testosterone levels. Okay, the definitive way of measuring it is blood tests. Now, um, there, there's a practical and cost uh, issues that have to be addressed. You can, okay, a scientist who gathers together like 500 participants in a particular test, uh, it's going to take a while and it's going to cost a lot for phlebotomists to take the blood of all 500 participants. And then it's going to cost quite a bit to send these 500 blood samples to some laboratory 
that's going to search each of the blood samples for uh, testosterone levels. Well, you know, um, study grants uh, sometimes can be hard to come by. So uh, study uh, studies done on this usually use uh, saliva, you know, spitting into a test tube. It's just easier to deal with. Uh, you don't need a phlebotomist for this. Um, however, there's yet another variable. Your testosterone levels in your body are quite variable with the time of day, with the level of activity that you've been doing before the sample was taken. Um, your mood, even that affects um, your testosterone levels. And uh, yet another variable is our cells in our body have um, androgen receptors. Now, androgen is a uh, term that encompasses a lot of uh, hormones, including testosterone. Uh, testosterone is the main one that most of these studies are studying, but there are others. And, um, okay, androgen receptors. In the outer, okay, I'm having a brain freeze. The outer, the outer layer of a body's cell. Okay, it's a it's a bi, uh, bi level. Oh, Jesus, I, I obviously I'm off my notes here, but okay, embedded within the uh, uh, cell's outer membrane. Oh. Uh, cell membrane, that's what I'm trying to think about, uh, are various channels and receptor molecules that either latch on to some, uh, uh, some mo other molecule uh, and direct it into the cell body or direct the message that this um, molecule is uh, wanting to influence the cell's metabolism by. Okay, man, uh, you know, I should have written all this out, but I didn't, uh, and I'm relying on my... Uh, my foggy brain, I guess. Brain freezes come right and left. I need another sip of coffee. Maybe that'll help. But anyway, um, there's plenty of variables in these studies. However, uh, uh, not anyway, I, I wrote down not so fast. Uh, you, you can't really tell whether um, higher T correlates with higher athleticism. Well, first of all, what's athleticism? Okay. Uh, fact number one, both females and males' organs, 
secrete testosterone, although after puberty, males have more endogenous testosterone. Now, endogenous means testosterone hormones that are made by your own body. Exogenous testosterone means uh, you're injecting testosterone into your body from some outside source. Okay. Fact number two, resistance training, lifting weights uh, with weights doesn't always increase testosterone in a male or, for that matter, a female body. Uh, it's genetically different from one person to another, from one sex to another, how your body responds to resistance training. And there are so many variables that it's hard to make a blanket statement that higher levels of testosterone equals higher levels of athleticism. Oop, another time check. Okay. Okay. Fact number three. The term athleticism for the purposes of sports research is very ambiguous. There are various types of athleticism. Endurance, speed, maximum, which I'll explain, uh, and explosive. And this is from uh, um, a sports training uh, organization that uh, licenses um, personal trainers and sports trainers for, you know, for professional sports teams. Okay, different sports require different strengths, hence different training regimens. Maximum is the absolute heaviest amount a weightlifter can lift once. Okay, that's what maximum is. Okay, shot putters need explosive strength. Sprinters need speed strength. Long-distance runners and cyclists need endurance strength. All right? They're all different. Is one more athletic than another? You cannot tell for sure, depending on the sport that a particular guy is training for. Fact number four. The sex of a person is not always simple and binary, like the religious beliefs of right-wing Christians. You know, I've made fun of them before. I might as well do it again as long as I'm on a roll. God said that if you've got a pee-pee between your legs, then you're a boy. If you got a wooey between your legs, then you're a girl. God don't make no mistakes. Okay, if you think I'm exaggerating by that making fun of religious creeps, 
the 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 state governor of uh, Alabama, uh, K. Ivy, said, you know, essentially that same thing. All right, she's a Republican. Okay, I'm off my notes again, as you can tell. There are at least six markers of sex. Chromosomes, gonads, hormones, secondary sex, uh, sex characteristics, um, external genitalia, and internal genitalia. Uh, if if you've never heard of any of those things, well, then you're probably a re an ignorant Republican. Uh, Sex-linked biological traits can vary within individuals. Attempts by sports governing bodies to determine sex runs afoul of these complexities. Okay, fact number five. Gender dysphoria is a real condition. Ignore what ignorant religious jerks and hateful MAGA-head Republicans say about protecting girls or girls' sports. Before puberty, there is no essential difference between boys and girls in regard to athleticism, uh, any of these types of athleticisms. Uh, there is a uh, powerlifting girl, and I, I'm off my notes, but I read this in the testosterone book. Uh, I forget. I should have written this down, damn it. But she's... Um, a 12-year-old girl who holds the world records for her age group for various powerlifting events. And she's not a muscle-bound girl. She, she says of herself, and her father says this too, that she doesn't have well-defined musculature. She's just strong. The, the muscles that she does have in her body serve her well. Um, okay, eh, here we go. Okay, now this is my opinion. Now, okay, Leah Thomas. Okay, the case of uh, University of Pennsylvania swimmer Leah Thomas is she is an outlier okay i feel for her mental anguish or her previous mental anguish anguish before she transitioned about her um, gender identity but she transitioned way too late to swim on a women's swim team Okay. Uh, okay. Leah Thomas continued. She transitioned in 2019, beginning 
hormone replacement therapy, HRT. But HRT may not negate or counteract all the biological advantages that Thomas had developed after he began puberty and began serious swimming training okay throughout his teen years it is he was on his high school swim team and um, a, a probably trained very well for this during his uh, teen years uh, when he uh, went to University of Pennsylvania he was the 462nd ranked men's swimmer in the country. Okay, that's not all that great. It's not. But now, hmm, he, uh, she is the number one women's swimmer in the country. Her bio says that, quote, towards the end of high school, Thomas began to question her gender identity. During the summer of 2018, as a freshman at uh, Pennsylvania, University of Pennsylvania, she came out as transgender to her family. She, uh, she began HRT, uh, hormone replacement therapy, in May of 2019 and came out to her coaches and teammates in her junior year. As per NCAA rules, she sat out a year before joining the Penn women's swim team. In fact, Leah Thomas did lose muscle mass, some muscle mass, and uh, strength through testosterone suppression and hormone replacement therapy. Okay, the, the IOC rules right now, as we speak, your testosterone levels, and we're talking about transgender uh, women have to be less than 10 nanomoles per liter. Okay, uh, when I first talked about transgender women in sports, I don't know, about a year and a half ago on one of my shows, I explained what nanomoles was. So I won't do it now. It's a measurement of uh, testosterone levels. Okay. Transgender women in sports have, uh, this is according to the IOC, and uh, it has to be levels less than 10 nanomoles per liter for 12 months. Okay, in my opinion, that's not long enough and not low enough. However, Testosterone isn't the end-all and be-all of athletic performance. You know, just what I talked about you know, 10, 15 minutes ago on this ranting uh, episode of the Midnight Skeptic. 
another time check. Okay, I, I've got a little bit of... Okay. The, the whole question of uh, transgender women participating in women's sports should be sub, uh, subservient to the question of fairness. What's fair? And some of the hateful, fearful Republican politicians say they refuse to accept the fact that there is such a thing as uh, gender dysphoria. They, they keep saying, our girls shouldn't have to compete against men. Okay. And it, they're just ignorant. I, I've never met a Republican that is not ignorant in what they blather about in their um, political discussions about these kind of issues. Okay, all of these technical and scientific questions should help determine what is fair for female athletes and also fair and inclusive for transgender youth. Um, many of these Republican states who are passing these anti-transgender laws right and left um, specify kindergarten through 12. Just, they none of them can compete. We don't like trannies. That, that's the Republicans' attitude about this. But certainly before uh, young boys uh, enter into puberty or are well into puberty, there's no difference between girls and boys. And think, okay, I'm off my notes again. Let me just read what I wrote here. Okay. Uh, should help determine what is fair for female athletes and fair and inclusive for transgender youth. And we're not talking about a widespread and huge issue here. Uh, less than 1% of youths under 17 uh, self-report themselves as being transgender. And a tiny percentage of them are, are just want to compete in athletics. They just want to play with their classmates. Another sip. But no, damn Republicans have to stick their hateful noses into things. Okay, again, before puberty sets in, testosterone levels or any bone or muscle development don't matter in Little League, Pop Warner football, or youth soccer, whether um, playing for your school or not. Young boys who identify as female, you know, they have, to some degree, gender dysphoria, and just want to play um, 
on girls' sports teams are not a problem. Banning this from K through 12 um, grades in Republican states is an example of Republican MAGA head fearfulness and cruelty in their never-ending quest for votes, mainly f from ignorance, ignorant uh, evangelicals, which is their base. Okay, um, age does matter uh, when uh, a boy assigned male at birth uh, comes down with or is suffering from gender dysphoria. If he begins to feel um, gender dysphoric after he has started puberty, then I would question um, whether he should be allowed to play on girls' sports teams if he doesn't transition much before. I'm just going to pull a year out of my butt. Uh, 16 years old. Um, and if he has hormone blockers or puberty blockers, not until after age 16, I would begin to question whether... He, she should really participate in girls' uh, sports league teams. <sighs> okay. All right. Uh, this is um, almost 58, so here's my out music. You have been listening to The Midnight Skeptic on KPCA LP, Petaluma, California, and we're at 103.3 on the FM dial and worldwide at www.kpca.fm. Support community radio at patreon.com slash Petaluma Community Access. And remember, Think critically, think logically, but live joyously, and most importantly, pet your cats. Yes, definitely, I'm going to go pet my cat and, um, and pour myself a half a glass of red wine and sip it and uh, try to not get too down about all of the damn things that are going on in the world. Global warming is the overriding concern. Russia invading Ukraine. A plague of Republicans. I'm not sure whether a plague of Republicans is worse or not as bad as a plague of COVID, but I have faith that eventually we'll all get through this. So until next week, um, you know, I'll do this again, and uh, we'll see you later.